Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode of When Ghosts Speak. Um, Marianne, you got some ghosts kind of wrecking the place, right? Yeah, it's sort of interesting. When I do an event, a talk, a meet and greet, anything like that, you know, folks come in to listen, hopefully to learn, ask questions. They show me objects to see if it has any negative energy on them or pictures and if the people that are in the picture are okay or have anybody attached to them, you know, just to get my opinion. And until the talk begins, I watch and listen to people getting their seats and I carry a pen and notebook and start writing notes and observing who is in the room. And I really don't care about the live people in the room. I'm just looking at the dead people in the room. And, you know, it, it's really weird. I don't care if it's only 50 people in the group or 100 or 200 or 400 or more. And I've been in auditoriums where there's been a thousand people that I've talked to. And it is ama- it's amazing how many earthbound spirits are in these places. It's like they're crashing the party. And some of these ghosts actually come in with some of the people that bought a ticket. Some of these are earthbound spirits that stay in this particular building. So they are building ghosts. Um, And it's it's really easy to see who they're attached to because if three people walk in and the ghost is hovering around them, I know that ghost is attached to those people. Now, keep in mind that nine out of 10 of these ghosts don't even realize I can see or talk to them. They've heard that I could do that, but they, yeah, right. They don't believe I can do it. And so, and you know, it's so easy. Maybe you were on the phone talking to your friend and you're saying, you know, that woman, because I'm always that woman, that ghostbuster, is going to be talking over here on Saturday. You want to go. And yeah, she's supposed to be able to talk to ghosts. Now she's got a ghost hanging out in her house. And this ghost is thinking to himself, right. I think I'm just going to go along and see what this is all about. So he goes along too. And so you you bring friends with you that you didn't even know you were bringing. And in, in this one particular couple that came in, um, it was odd because actually there were three women. Three women are all together. And this older woman was with them. And I sort of watched. And I, I and she was hovering around these three girls. And you could tell, I thought they were all related. They weren't twins, but you could tell they were sisters. And so your ghost that is coming with you to this event is, you know, you don't, you don't even think about it. 
you and your spouse are fighting all the time when you're in the house and your dogs won't go down the basement unless you go with them and your daughter is on her second round of antibiotics the third time this year because of her ear, nose, throat, and upper respiratory problems. And all the electronics in your house take fits. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So this spirit hopes that by causing all this problems in the house, that you're going to be aware and they are going to come with you because they want to cross over. Not all of them. But some of them come for that opinion. That's what they want to do. And so these three women are, are sitting there and, and, and there's this woman, like I said, is hovering around. And here it turns out that there were 200 people in this group and it was at a hotel. And this, woman was watching me look all over the room, the ghost. And she came up to me and she just stood and she stands in front of me and she waves her arms and, and wiggle waggles her hands and like, like she's running her hands in front of my face. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself and I look at her and I said to her, I can see you. I'm not blind. You don't have to wiggle wiggle your arms all around. She goes, thank God you can see me. I said, yeah, I definitely can see you. And she said, please, 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 can you talk to my daughters? And I said, those three ladies sitting over there? She said, yes. And I said, what's the problem? She said, I died about six months ago in a car crash. I said, all right, totally unexpected. I said, okay. And she said, and so the girls have been cleaning out the house and, uh, and, and their dad died four years ago and I should have got everything in order. I should have sat the girls down and told them, you get this and you get this. She says, but you never think you're going to die. And I didn't do any of that. and. And we had time when, when my husband was dying of cancer, it's like we knew he was dying and we could make arrangements, but we didn't do that for me. She says, now they're getting the house ready to sell. They've emptied it out. And she said, they cannot sell the house. I said, why not? She said, you promise you won't tell anyone? And I'm thinking, lady, who would I tell? And I said, okay, I promise. She says, I have money, I have jewelry, I have gold hidden in that house. She said, if they sell the house, they're not going to, they'll never find it. And I said, okay. I said, so you want me to talk to your daughters and tell them not to sell the house? She said, yes. She said, and she said, give Lynn and she pointed to which daughter was Lynn. She said, give Lynn these three, these four numbers. And she gave me four numbers. And I said, what, what is that? She said, those are the last four numbers of my social security. I said, all right. And she said, Lynn has been the one taking care of all my 
banking and all that. She knows what that number is. So they're going to know if you say that number that you were really talking to me. I said, all right. Those three ladies never asked one question. They just sat there and they did, they just accepted anything I said. And they, one of them was writing notes. And I, so I, I thought, okay. And so she said, you know, I don't, the, the, the mom said, I don't drive. And I should say, I never did drive. And she says, which is so funny because I get killed in a car wreck and I never dro drove a car in my, in my life. She says, my name is Virginia. And she said, please talk to them when your talk is over. And I said, okay. So when the talk was over, I did go up to them. And I said, your mom is Virginia. And the one looked at me and she said, yeah. And I said, and which one of you is Lynn? Nobody said anything, but the two that weren't Lynn looked at the one that was Lynn. So I knew who Lynn was. And I said, your mom says I should give you these four numbers. And she looked at me. I says, those are the numbers. Last four digits are for Social Security. She said, yes. And I said, okay, here's the thing. I said, you can't sell the house. And they looked at me and, and the one said, well, what are we supposed to do with it? I said, oh, you can sell it eventually. I says, but mom wants to know if you will let me come to the house and show you and tell you where all the stuff is hidden in the house. And the three of them looked at one another and the one sister said to the other one, I knew mom's watch, her diamond watch is somewhere that we never found it. And she looked at the one sister, she said, and I really thought you took it. And I'm thinking, oh, girls, please don't, don't even go there now. Please, please, please don't even do that. So they invited me over and it was a cute little bungalow. I can't believe where this woman hid stuff. It was amazing. It was in the attic. There was a box that actually had gold coins in. They never looked, well, they looked in the attic, but they never moved any of the, um, uh, what's the stuff for heat you put inside the, to, to, you know. The insulation. Insulation. They never bothered to move the insulation. And there it was, easy enough. Right? She didn't even have to go up. It was so close to where the steps were. She got that. In the one closet in the main bedroom, if you took the pole down that held the clothes, she had unscrewed where the pole fits into and hid jewelry in the wall there. Nobody in a million years would ever found that. I wouldn't be unscrewing things in closets or pulling pink insulation around. Like, no. uh, I it, mean, maybe a drop ceiling, just testing those. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Yeah. So then she takes me, she says, okay, she says, we have to go in the spare room now. And she goes back and she had a thing with closets. She goes back to the closet and she said, can you see the difference on the floorboards? And this was an old enough house where it was all wooden floors. And I'm looking at this and the one daughter said, well, there looks like there's a little indentation here. Mom says, tell her to get a screwdriver. 
she went and got a screwdriver and popped it open. And there was quite a bit of cash down in the floorboards. So mom crashed the party for that reason. And I have to admit, not every ghost that comes to one of the talks or programs has a message like that. But another example is this one was about 400 people there. And I saw a very pleasant couple. They were just talking to one another. They were just having a, like a nice evening out. And there was a man ghost attached to them. And he's fretting. He's wringing his hands. And he's walking around. He's very, very nervous. I'm sitting at the front of the of the, the, the program, up like on the stage, looking at everybody sit down. It wasn't time to start yet, so I'm still writing my notes, you know, marking down stuff. And all of a sudden, he's standing next to me. And he's just sort of standing and staring at me. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not even going to look at him. And finally, he goes, <clears throat> and then I had to look. And I said, what? And he said, I knew you could see me. I said, yeah, I can see you. What? And he said, you got to talk to my son and daughter-in-law. I said, okay. And he said, I said, those two sitting over there? And he said, yes, yes. He says, that's my son, Doug. I said, okay. He says, well, he's Doug Jr. I said, okay. And he said, I died he said about six months ago, he says, and I really need to talk to them. He said, I thought I had everything under control because I like to keep things in control, but I, I something got messed up. And I says, well, what? Tell me. And he said, let me get an order. Just start your program and we'll call on them. And I said, if one of them raised their hand, I will call on them. I says, I'm not going to pick on them and say, do you have any questions? Because I wouldn't do that. And he said, oh, I says, and if they don't ask any questions, I will get them at the end. He said, okay. Well, about 20 minutes into the program, the wife raises her hand. And she said, my father-in-law died about six months ago. I said, all right. And she said, and he was meticulous. He had everything in order. Everything was good. His funeral was paid for. He was going to be buried. You know, he's buried next to mom in a mausoleum. Everything is cool. And she said, but we need to know if we are supposed to sell his business or not. I said, you're kidding me. <clears throat> I said, all of, he had everything in order and he didn't tell you what to do with his business. She said, I don't know what he was thinking of. Maybe he thought he had something written out. The old man said, yeah, my lawyer was supposed to take care of it. He didn't. He says, but that's not the problem. I said, what's the problem? And he said, I am not buried in the right place in the mausoleum. I said, excuse me? He said, two of us were put in the mausoleum after the you know, after the prayers and the service was done, everybody left and they were going to put the casket in the, into the vault. He said, and there were two of us, they got our caskets confused. I am not buried next to your mother. 
I'm not next to your mom. I need to be next to your mother. And he said, tell him to get to the cemetery and get it straightened out. He said, I'm sure the cemetery just made, it was an error and they didn't do it intentionally, but I can't, I, I can't, I can't go to, I can't go where I'm supposed to go till I know I'm going to be next to your mom. So I talked to them and he said, I can't believe that. I said, and the, the plaque is already up. And he said, yeah, I says, well, that plaque is not on the right name. That is not your father next to your mother. He said, I'll take care of it. And he did. He called me about three weeks later, took a lot of rigmarole, but the funeral director and the cemetery people, they pulled him out and they were crossed. They were. How, what do you even say? And to be like, pull that out and double check. Because you know, right. like, no. It, and that was what the problem was. They didn't understand how he got the information. Did they know beforehand? And they were just like, they'll never know. No, no, they truly did not know. They had. Uh, two new guys doing the installation and sealing up the, the you know, the, the cover of, of it. And they were joking around and they were with two rows of each other. And they just switched the two by accident. It was a total accident. So mm -hmm. sometimes good things happen, you know, when these ghosts come up. Sometimes Things get settled. Sometimes I've been told by a ghost who murdered them. Sometimes I've been told by a ghost who they killed. I mean, they tell you anything and everything because they can. Who's going to, you know, who's going to do anything to them? Nobody. Well, and you've said before, like, they're so hungry to be able to talk to somebody. That's right. That's right. And when they think that they're in the right about something boy they are they they can be the most docile person in the world but they are going to act like a piranha to get you to pay attention and tell somebody what's going on and you know it was like when somebody told me that they had murdered somebody and i said you're kidding me and he said no and i can't go to heaven if i can't tell somebody i said all right and i said what did they think happened to this person? He said, they thought he committed suicide. I said, oh, and I says, and how long ago was this? And he said, 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. I said, seriously, you want me to fix something that happened 17 years ago? I mean, statutory, like, yeah, um, limitations don't run out on murder. So and he's already <laughs> dead, though. They can't do anything to him. Right. Yeah, how do you go to the cops on that one? Feel oh, like yeah, well, no. it was. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily, this is more recent and enough different police districts across know who I am and they wouldn't, you know, check me off as a lunatic if I called. But still, and I said, is it going to change anything? Is it going to change anybody's life? Is it going to make life better for somebody? I mean, you were the killer. Who has to be punished? And he just looked at me and I said, you know what? I says, why don't I just make the light and you just go to heaven and get it straightened out with him up there? Mm -hmm. And he said, I can do that. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a real good plan to me.
So you didn't call the cops? And... I did not. I, you know what? I'll pick my battles. Mm. I mean, how are they going to, how are they going to, you know, it's when I get called in on a cold case, something that happened 30 or 40 years ago. Unless I can find the victim, I can't tell anybody anything. I'm not psychic. So, yeah. Because yeah. so- both both of those parties are past. There's no DNA, right? DNA. Exactly. Now, like, how would they have? Exactly. And I'm sure he could have told me things. But, and and then I wondered, I had thought about it a couple of weeks after, because things like that just, I sort of, I, I rehashed that stuff over and over again. Then I wonder why I don't sleep at night. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, I wonder if the cop is even still around or if he's retired. And I called the police station where it would have been taken care of in the city it was in. And that cop had retired. He had moved to Florida. Mm. You know what? So I was right. It, I'm, it was just better off not doing anything. For the cop's sake, how is he going to go to his higher up? And, but like you said, though, they know you. But still, how do you justify the pulling of that evidence based on? So, yeah. so when you come to one of these events, they're fun and you learn a lot of good stuff. And you're always with a crowd mm-hmm. that you can't see. Well, I learned long ago that I watch you and your face um, at the start of events and during and when you're talking and I'm like, what's going on over there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well if there's a ghost standing in the corner acting like a buffoon, I'm going to stare at him no matter what he's doing. It's like that old woman wiggle waggling her arms in front of my face. You know, when somebody wonders if somebody's blind, how they put their hands in front of their face. Or when somebody thinks somebody is hearing impaired, they'll go, hey, can you hear me? And it's like, yeah. well, when you said that, you know, that gentleman, you know, was just standing there staring at you next to you. And when he, you know, cleared his throat, I would have been like, now I'm ignoring you through the whole thing because now you're rude. I mean, <laughs> that's just yeah. me. But he was um, so anxious. He was just so he was like biting his bottom lip. And it's like, oh, God, this must be really bad. So yeah. I yeah, and of course, and- everybody alive or dead thinks that their problem is the biggest problem, the worst problem, and they should go to the top of the list anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's the same in a group. It's the same in a group. Now, I would say, though, for those sisters, after you going through and finding all of those, like, if I were one of them, I'd be tearing the whole house apart on the off chance she forgot a hidey hole of money or jewelry. You know, I'm like, well, we're tearing apart all the closets now and, you know, pulling down all of the bars and. Right. And the one daughter was sort of like that. She really thought, well, maybe we should look in the other bedroom and maybe we should do this. And, and mom looked at me and she just shook her head and she said, oh, she's just never going to let it go. And I said, there is nothing else anywhere else. She said, this is it. And I said, girls, believe it or not. I said, this is it. She said, you know, they said, okay. And uh, and the funny part is they did painting my fee to come to the house. Probably out of the cash they found, right? Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really funny because I took a couple of those $100 bills to the bank and the bank teller held them up and she goes, wow, these are really old. I said, yeah, they were buried in the floor. And she started laughing. She thought I was joking. But she- I'm like, no, I'm serious. Look at my face. I'm serious. 
Oh, well, but then again, too, I mean, depending on how like mom's, you know, health was towards the end, like if she were starting to kind of forget things, then maybe, you know, keep looking. But if she was good and solid and. Well, that was it. Mentally, she was fine. You know, the car crash took her, but her brain and and she and and there's a good little thing out of this too. get your stuff in order before. Don't make your family go through stuff like this. Get your stuff in order. Make arrangements. You know, who gets the china? Give it to somebody, but mm-hmm. put it in writing someplace so they know. It's so hard on families when they have no idea. And obviously double check your lawyer's work. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, uh, make sure they're following through with what they were supposed to be doing. Oh, and he did not want the business sold. No, he did want the business sold, but not to who they were talking, not to the man that wanted to buy it because he didn't like him. He wanted them to wait for somebody else to sell it to. Was it just because it was like a competitor? or yes, was it- yes, and he didn't want them to have it. I could see that. Well, and he's a businessman, so he knew. what. He, and, and I thought it was funny because he he never asked why his son didn't want the business. I wanted to know why he didn't. Well, I- I I mean, you know, like I know good and well, unless Roan has a sudden change in interest in life and personality, I know he will not take over Goddessy Lee, right? So, and I'm not one of those parents where I'm going to drag him in kicking and screaming and you have to like go live your life, be happy, you know? Um, So maybe that was the case where, you know, dad and son had already had that conversation right and, and I and I didn't know if this was an only child you know I don't ask questions mm-hmm. I, you know unless something totally has me confused I will say make that clear but I you know but normally I don't ask any other personal questions right yeah and and I can see him not wanting to sell to a competitor yeah, you know? yeah that, that makes sense because I would be that spirit from the other side making sure the business did better than the competitor because I'm <laughs> like that <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on um, a rather fun uh, episode. You can catch episodes every Wednesday at 4 a.m. on uh, all platforms that podcasts are generally available. Uh, You can join us Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Talk about the episode. Let us know what you like. Uh, Give us suggestions. Uh, Sometimes those help trigger memories for Marianne because you've got a lot of stories hidden in there. Um, so, you know, I don't lie when I say I walk out of a house and I leave it. I, I just, and that's making me crazy trying to dig up these old stories. It's like, oh yeah, I think I remember that one sort of, but it, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard. It's just part of your life and you just don't think about it. It's like, you know, tell me how you felt the first time you got into your own car to drive it. Do you remember how you felt then? You know, it's trying to remember things that happened a long time ago that it's really hard to figure out, especially when, you you know, your brain is going in 17 other directions. So, right. Well, that's why, you know, those questions help. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and we've already had a couple episodes that were triggered from questions that are in the live chats Wednesday mornings. So join us on uh, what Twitch, YouTube, Facebook for the chat. And we do the podcast recordings here right afterwards on Twitch only. That's right. So you get to join in before I take it down. (laughs) Right. 
Well, thank you for joining everybody and catch us next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Join us again soon. Goodbye.